This episode of The Outside World is brought to you by In The Buns. Silent Voice Studios presents The Outside World Part 3 The Real Harlan knew what he had to do. Nothing had ever been clearer to him. He had to find Madeline in the real world. But he didn't have the slightest idea where to start. Maybe he needed a cigarette. It seemed appropriate. He had, after all, just left the massage parlor. And fresh air is always good. Now on his balcony, Harlan took in the scene as he dragged on his smoke. It was night, and he could see the lights in the windows on the other side of the Lachine Canal as he started to talk to himself out loud. Is she in one of those rooms? Madeline, that's her real name. No, no, those massage girls all live in the Plateau, not in St. Henry. I have to make it to the Plateau. And just then, Harlan realized what should have been a glaring flaw in his logic. No. They took her, stupid. Harlan realized that it didn't matter if he could deduce where Madeline lived or where she visited. There was only one place she could be right now. Desk headquarters are on her way there. He knew where she was, and also knew he couldn't save her, at least not alone. But he felt a strange urge. He had to, at the very least, impress her. And to do that, he had to follow the clue she had left him. Look under the bridge. Look under the bridge? What bridge? Harlan decided that Frank was right, and he would leave it to the experts. He also decided that it was time to open up that bottle of whiskey he had been saving. His second decision, it turns out, negated the first, as Harlan discovered the next morning. What the... Dora, explain. This is your 30-minute warning. Your tour shuttle leaves in half an hour. The shower has been started as per your request. Shuttle to what tour? Outside World Tour number 23, the Bridges of Montreal, booked at 2.34 a.m. Purchase receipt available upon request. Dora, cancel tour. Are you sure? To cancel your booking, please say cancel final. Wait, damn it. Disregard. Dora, keep booking. Turn off alarm and prepare to-go coffee. With a shot of whiskey. This episode of The Outside World is brought to you by In The Buns. Does the smell of fresh baked bread make your dough rise? At In The Buns, Mrs. Rosenbaum and her team keep the ovens hot 24-7 so they're always ready for you. With the finest lab-grown meats and vegan proteins, in traditional flavors like smoked meat, roast beef, smoked turkey, brisket, our sandwiches will satisfy your hunger and your nutritional needs. Available for delivery through the box or visit us at our real-world location. Ask your transport carriage for us by name. In the bun.
While Harwin was disappointed in his drunken self's lack of control, he was impressed with his inebriated cleverness. Not only did visiting all of Montreal's bridges mean he didn't have to figure out in advance what bridge Madeline was referring to, but topic-specific tours like this were the only affordable way someone like him could easily get to other parts of the city, in the real world, without arousing suspicion. The tour chariot whisked Harwin and the other passengers from his area to where the tour would begin. He walked off it onto a much larger chariot. The railing closed behind them as the tour guide began. Welcome. Behind me, you see the Jacques Cartier Bridge. Well, today, it is a conduit for goods and services and the occasional chariot placards. At its height, millions of people traverse every day, some by automobile, some by bus, some by bicyclette, and even some en pied. The older people may remember such a time, but for the younger people on this tour, there was a time when the outside world... The real world. ...was not just a place to visit for a unique experience. It was where most human interactions took place. Any questions? Ah, oui, chérie. Why is the outside world bad? Mom and Dad said it's scary, but this isn't scary. Oh, no, 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 this isn't scary. But that's because we're together, and the desk is watching out for us. But they can't watch the whole outside world like they can watch the box. Have you been in the box? Yeah, that's where I go to school and on playdates. The box is a safe place. Your home is a safe place. The outside world is only safe where the desk can watch us. Now let's talk about the structure of the Jacques Cartier Bridge. Harlan didn't care about the structure of the Jacques Cartier Bridge, or any bridge for that matter. He was on a mission, a self-imposed mission that almost got derailed when he felt the urge to give the tour guide a piece of his mind for spouting desk propaganda to a small child. The same propaganda he had heard almost all of his life. No, it wasn't unsafe in the outside world, the real world. It was only unsafe for the desk's control over everything. But Harlan's indignation would have to wait. As the tour continued, Harlan got plenty of opportunity to look under and even over pretty much every bridge in the city, big and small. A few times Harlan thought he had seen something that would be useful, but the tour whisked him and everyone away before he could really get a good look. Then, on the final bridge of the night... Harlan thought he saw some writing that looked like old-school graffiti from the plan, and shortly after got his chance to check it out further. Harlan walked off the main chariot, paying special attention not to move too quickly or slowly and be in the center of the crowd. He walked onto his shuttle, got counted, then shook his head as if in error and walked off. He was able to slip through the crowd and find a hiding spot until all the shuttles and the main chariot left. It was now nighttime. He was out in the real world alone, and unmonitored for the first time ever. He was also just north of the plateau, under a bridge connecting a part of town known as Myland with one known as Rosemont. Two places he had never been in the real world, despite living in Montreal his whole life, even though they were just a short chariot ride from his home. Given the proximity to the plateau where Harlan assumed Madeline lived, he was sure this was the bridge he was meant to look under. Harlan headed to where he had seen the graffiti. When he was roughly halfway there, he heard what he thought was someone following him. 
he kept walking. Part out of fear that maybe the desk was right and the real world was dangerous, and part out of desire to get where he was going, Harwin started walking faster until someone scurried in front of him. Harwin froze in his tracks, almost tripping over what he identified as a trash panda, or raccoon. He was motionless for a few seconds, and then knew for certain that someone was right behind him. Without thinking, he swung around and shoved the shadowy figure to the ground. Never having killed anyone, or even been in a physical fight in the real world, Harwin wondered if he was now a murderer. That was until the figure stood back up and Harwin adopted a defensive posture. Don't move. I'm trained. You're not going to take me in. Take you in? What the hell are you talking about? Are you high? No, you're with the desk. You must be. You followed me from the tour group, realized I wasn't authorized to be in this uh, sector, and thought I must be with the plan. Well, I'm not going to tell you anything. Authorized? Buddy, I don't have anything to do with the desk. Just look at me. But if you want to talk authorized, I didn't authorize you to come to my home, which you're getting far too close to without an invitation. So yeah, I'd like to know why you're here. Your home? Look, over there. That piece of tarp covering one of the bridge supports? Behind that is where I sleep. The tour groups never pass by it. My home is under this bridge. No one lives in the real world, or the outside world as they call it, at least not uh, for well over a decade, maybe two. Wow, such certainty. They didn't pull the wool over your eyes. You bought it yourself and called it Shades. What? I'll have you know my eyes are clear. I'm not one of those regs who thinks we need to spend all our lives indoors, in the box or in approved visits to the outside to be safe. I know the desk is the enemy, and I'm fighting the scam they've imposed on everyone for the past 20 years. But you still believe the biggest part of that scam. You might call this the real world, but you don't even know that real people live here? You might not be as reg as you say, but you're certainly a dumbass. What do you think happened to all of us who didn't have a home address when Dusk made everyone stay home? We can't all get promoted to a mansion. I never really... Look, I'm not just here on a whim. I'm on a mission. There was some graffiti we passed on the tour. Looked like old school plan writing. I need to see what it says. It's the clue I've been looking for. And then I'll leave your home. I'm Harlan, by the way. Uh, I'm Pat. And the graffiti you're talking about is just over there. I'll take you to it. But first, since you seem like a decent person who's about to be in way over your head, I'll give you a little tip. If you're looking for a place to stay in the real world, the mountain is full of them. Walk down the main path, past the staircase for about ten minutes then up what looks like an old makeshift path until you're hidden by rocks and trees. Tell whoever you meet there you're there for the drum circle. Uh, okay. Repeat after me. I'm here for the drum circle. I'm here for the drum circle. Good. Now let's go. Harwin and Pat made their way to the bridge support the tour had passed earlier. The writing was definitely from the plan, and for that matter, from the days before they were an outlaw organization. It had their original logo and the letter P turning into an arrow pointing down. This time, though, the arrow pointed to another arrow, directing them to a more hidden side of the bridge support. There was only one message written, which Harlan read aloud. Why are you always so literal?
The Outside World is a radio drama produced by Siwa Voice Studios in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, featuring the voice talents of Jason C. McLean, Don McSweeney, and Leandra Pinto, featuring original music by Patrick Gardner and Ronnie Mizrahi. Radio play written by Jason C. McLean from a story by Jason C. McLean, Don McSweeney, and Leandra Pinto. Recorded by Patrick Gardner, edited by Jerry Gabriel. Music is owned by the respective creators and sound effects are licensed under Creative Commons. Story and production, copyright 2022, Silo Voice Studios. Follow us at Silo Voice Studios on Facebook and at Silo Voice on Twitter. Support us at patreon.com slash Voice for exclusive content, merch, and more. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts or at SiloVoice.com. Join us for part four, The Desk. <laughs>